Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HousingWire, here with the latest episode of the HousingWire Daily Podcast. On Mondays, my guest is always HousingWire lead analyst Logan Motoshami, so we can talk about the latest economic news. But before we dive into that, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Why should you price your jumbo loans with PennyMac TPO? Is it the same great service you've come to expect with their conventional loans? Yes. Is it the competitive pricing they provide? Yes. Is it the fact that after closing, they don't sell off your borrowers so that you know they are in good hands? That would also be a yes. Get more information or price a jumbo AUS loan today at tpo.pennymac.com. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender. NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. All right, we are ready to go. Logan, welcome to Housing Wire Daily on a day when so much is going on. Yes, what a crazy uh, morning. I have never been so busy in my life in terms of trying to answer people's questions of, on what's going on. So uh, great to be here with you. Great to have you. And I just wanted to let our listeners know that we did. Um, we are we are recording this on Friday, March 4th. I say that because this goes live Monday at six in the morning and in between here and there. Normally, we normally, you know, things aren't going to change drastically over the weekend. But in our current situation, it's really hard to say what's going to happen. Um, so I want to dive right in, Logan. You are the busiest you've ever been this morning because some of the issues that you always talk about are just front and center right now. Bond yields, mortgage rates, recession watch, all of these things being influenced by the by the international situation. So let's start out with uh, bond yields. Yes, you know, the 2022 forecast had a range of the 10-year yield being 62 basis points and 1.94%. And the only premise I wrote in that forecast for it to possibly break over 1.94% and get into range before to 2.42% was if global yields arose. And that had been the story early on, and all of that has been reversed. Uh, Germany, Japan yields have come lower, and uh, it's just one of these things that, for me, personally, for the last few years, really since 2019, it's very hard for the 10-year yield to get above 1.94%. It does not matter what the economic data or the uh, how hot the inflation data is. It's just been very difficult. But if global yields rose, you got you got a case there. That has been reversed um, it, the yields have been holding up firm initially with the Russian invasion, but they've just uh, broken down. And we are to the point to where the 210 inverted yield curve, which is one of my six recession red flags, we're getting very close. I think the lowest uh, uh, basis points so far, about 25 basis points away. So uh, I've been on inverted yield curve watch since Thanksgiving of 2021. Uh, because of my low-level bond yield range. So naturally, uh, uh, you know, it's something I'm keeping an eye on going out for the rest of the year. We actually had um, Thursday night now, uh, you know, when there was some reports of the nuclear facility being on fire. I mean, some crazy things were happening uh, around that time. 
Yeah, you know, as soon as that headline came, bond yields fell about 10 or 11 basis points to about 170, and it shot right back up to about 182 once the news came that, you know, the the, the nuclear facility, I mean, the nuclear facility is safe. I mean, this is where we're at right now. This is basically an episode of Jack Bauer 24 at this stage. Uh, so the market is very edgy. And and today, even with the uh, very strong jobs numbers, the, the Russian uh, invasion story is taking over and the 10-year yield uh, at this very second is like 1.73%. So, uh, there's a lot going on right now. The underlying economic data is still very firm. Inflation is still hot, getting hotter, especially with oil and wheat prices. But the 10-year yield just refuses to go higher because the trend is your friend. And we know that that has that direct influence on mortgage rates, which um, even this week we're down in the, I'm sorry, last week in the Freddie Mac survey, we're down. Um, tell us a little bit about mortgage rates. Yeah, rates just should keep on keep on going lower as long as the ten year yield is 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 heading lower every week. If things start to get uh, a little bit out of hand in terms of the economic data starting to weaken in the second half of twenty twenty two, we're we're heading lower again uh, to the low threes even if if that's the case. So right now the economic data is still firm, uh, retail sales still good, uh, jobs are being created, wages are are, are rising. So. There isn't anything on that front yet, but if that starts to fade, people will run to the bond market. People will run to the dollar. By the way, I just want to note to everybody who thinks the dollar is going to collapse, guess where everyone's going to? King dollar for a reason. And uh, this could uh, uh, push rates lower, which I didn't want to see this year. I was hoping that you know we, w- we could just recover as an entire world and get global yields higher, but that isn't the case. And spring is just a few weeks away. You know, what, what people will say is like, but the Fed is raising rates. So so address the fact that rates are, are lower even this week and might even go lower, despite the fact that the Fed is raising some rates. So the Federal Reserve raised rates in the previous expansion and the 10-year yield, the highest points toward the end of the uh, end of the expansion was three and a quarter um, in respects with the down downtrend in the 10-year yield. Uh, it's, I, there has never been a time where I've written on paper that the Federal Reserve raising rates is going to push the 10-year yield higher economic data growth. There's some channels you could work off of. Short-term rates, though, and this is why the inverted yield curve is in, is in question now, uh, short-term rates definitely will go higher. But the long-term rates have been in a downtrend since 1981. They've been in a downtrend for 800 years. If you want to fight that trend, by all means, go ahead. The graveyard is very long and old, and uh, there's nobody that's that survived this one. Not here in America, at least. Okay, I have to just pause here for a second and go, okay, what? how, how do you have rates going down for 800 years when we weren't even a country for 800 years? There, so there, is, there, there is data going back 800 years. I even have a chart for it that shows the downtrend uh, in bond yields or rates, however you want to look at it. Uh, it's just, there are times within an expansion or there are times within a period that bond yields can go up higher. Uh, we saw that in the late 70s. But really, for since 1981, uh, it's been going low. I mean, Germany is negative. Japan, these big economies are negative yields. Though it's all around us, these mature economies of wealth, their bond yields aren't high. And to think that that's going to reverse uh, in a meaningful fashion, uh, we call it the widow trade for a reason, right? People that short the bond market that think bond yields are going to rise up. If you had been that, you, the market just destroyed you. Okay, you're dead. Uh, so uh, it's just this downtrend has been here, respected. And in the article, uh, with the jobs article I wrote for Housing Wire, 
you know, I show you that downtrend in the 10-year yield and the, you know, movement of the CPI inflation. And, and, and one of the things I like to emphasize is in 2009, we had a deflationary collapse in oil prices. The bond yield didn't really go as low as that either. So we're having the reverse effects right now currently. Uh, so the trend is your friend, the demand for bonds, the U.S., king dollar, all that stuff. That isn't going to go away. Uh, yields can rise within an expansion and recession. But as you can see, it, if there was any time in U.S. history where, in theory, you would have the 10-year yield really go up higher, economic growth is so hot, the labor market is so hot, inflation is so hot, but it's respected that downtrend. Uh, that is as damning of evidence as you could ever show in the last four decades. Well, well, let's go on record here. How low do you think? Um, and and again, you're you're saying that you know you don't you don't think right now. You think the fundamentals are good and that you know mortgage rates aren't going to plummet. But how low could they go if things get worse? So I like to do channels within uh, uh, economic forecasting with each year and each expansion. So 62 basis points is the uh, bottom end of the. Uh, 10-year yield for, for this year, uh, below 1%, which means that's sub-3% mortgage rates. For that to happen, though, you need economic data to get weaker. Economic data has been very firm. You see the jobs data, retail sales, home sales, you know. So you need weakness in that data. Manufacturing data is strong uh, a, 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 as well recently. So you, until you get that weakness, uh, yields have been holding up pretty firm, right? But again, if you want higher yields, higher mortgage rates, you're going to need global yields. And that's that why this is why it was such a big portion of the 2022 forecast. And this is why I keep on showing people charts of Japan and Germany's 10-year yield. You can see what happened. They really made a, an unbelievable run higher, and now they've all fallen down. So there's your premise for higher mortgage rates between 4 to 4 to 4.5%. Uh, but again, if economic data gets weaker here, if the world is in more drama, what do they do? They run to our bonds. They run to our dollar, right? We are king dollar for a reason. Our bonds are safe for a reason. We are the biggest economy in the world. We have the biggest military. We have two oceans next to us. We have friendly neighbors. Nobody's going to mess with the United States of America. We own this. So uh, there's a there's a privilege and, and, and you're, you're very, very lucky to live in this country. You can see right now, uh, uh, you don't get bullied by uh, neighboring countries here in America. Well, let's talk about some of those um, some of those economic factors that directly affect housing. You mentioned jobs, so Jobs Friday. What did we learn? Uh, big report, uh, positive revisions, uh, and and for me, the jobs data. Uh, the after the America's Back Recovery model uh, was retired, I thought by September of 2022. That was a long time to, to, to put this premise out there. By that time or earlier, we should get all the jobs back because there's some, there's some uh, distinguishable factors in this post-COVID recovery that would hinder some of the jobs because naturally there's a global pandemic. Uh, there are certain sectors of the world that cannot perform at full capacity. It takes one or two years during a pandemic to get supply chains and everything started moving normally. And we had two surges, Delta and Omnichrome. So it's kind of held things a little bit back, but we're just pushing along. And uh, we're not that far off. You know, I think with seven months left, we have 305,000 jobs on average maybe to get there. And we get the jobs back. Today's uh, number was 678,000 and get positive revisions. We need labor, you know, for all those people that fell for the gimmicks that robots are taking all the jobs and immigrants are taking all the jobs. They've done this for many, many decades. You have to ask yourself, job openings near 11 million, baby boomers are retiring and they're dying. They need to be replaced. Right. So the benefit of the United States of America, we have a lot of 
replacement workers and replacement consumers and replacement home buyers. That's the term I like to use. And uh, in the article, I even showed some charts to show how much different we are than Japan and Europe and other countries. So uh, it's just going to take a little bit longer than maybe some people thought with such high job openings. But the internals of the labor market are very solid. Wage growth is picking up. It's a tighter labor market. A tighter labor market is a very good thing. And one, one big thing about today's jobs report, the unemployment rate for those that did not finish high school drops 2%. You can see that's the Omnichrome factor. Uh, some of the service sector work jobs that were delayed uh, because of, remember, we had a lot of people call in sick. They're back and everything's going and we're just going to push push ahead. If we could just get a drama-free year, no surges, no wars, no nothing, and we could just push along and get there. But of course, nothing this decade has been uh, uh, normal. Every year has had some kind of a uh, huge, huge. Uh, Listen, we don't even need a drama-free year. If we could just have a drama-free month, we we could, let's start from there and work work our way up. I mean, it has been crazy. Yeah, it was it was it was really it was very um, positive to see that global yields were rising early this year, especially Germany and Japan. But the, again, that's that has failed. So. We'll see, you know, uh, uh, any headline could change this entire drama event with the Russian invasion. Um, but uh, until that happens, we just have to deal with this every single day and every single headline can move the market so fast. Let's talk about pending home sales. Um, you wrote about that last week. Um, and it was interesting because there was a headline number and then there was kind of a, uh, but let's look at this. So, so tell us what you saw there. Yeah, you know, last year I had to explain why that I thought sales were going to get back down to 5.84 million and we were going to get some prints under 5.8 million. And uh, just because the the housing demand, I, I don't believe in a major credit boom or home sales boom. I believe there's limits. So uh, this year, my uh, my uh, sales range is actually lower than last year, 5.74 million uh, to 6.16 .6 So the housing market has been outperforming my expectations. I do believe sales levels will come back down. If you look at pending home sales this year, it looks a lot like last year. If you look at mortgage purchase application data uh, this year, it looks a lot like last year. There's some, there's some really different kind of trends that the post-COVID-19 recovery has had, and I'm trying to adjust to all that. And I do believe that the uh, a mortgage, the purchase application data does not need any more adjustments on a year over year basis. Demand, we've been showing negative year over year demand for since the middle of, uh, uh, of June last year. Uh, and that's if you don't do COVID 19 adjustment, you think demand's falling up. That's obviously not the case. Uh, so pending home sales is just following last year's routine. We should have home sales start to come back down. Uh, 5.74 million is the low end. We should have a few prints just like last year, but we only had one print under 5.84 million last year. And then we should work off of a base. And then we find that stable base and we go off there. It's just all economic data has gone crazy just because of all these comps that COVID-19 and we're working our way past that. Uh, but to, I would say that even making adjustments to COVID-19, demand is stable to a little bit lower. There's, there's no booming kind of credit housing market. But the real story is the problem is even with a stable demand, housing market inventory has broken to fresh new all-time lows. And we're about to head into spring 2022. Not a healthy outcome out there. Not a healthy housing market whatsoever. And everything I was worried about for years 2020 to 2024 has actually happened and worse with a global pandemic in terms of uh, shortages around around the world and not being able to e even finish a home on time and, and all, the, all the price inflation that we have to deal with that. No, it's brutal out there. We uh, we are looking at uh, a home potentially uh, building, and it's ten to twelve months. 
Uh, you know, this is yeah, ten to twelve uh, months is probably yeah, probably very. Uh, this is like a, a, a lot home. You know, this is yeah. whatever. I'm just like what, uh, but not surprised. Um, let's talk a little bit about you. You mentioned the two year um, and the inverted curve yield curve. Yeah. Um, what does your recession red flags look like right now? So right now we are very close to having three of the six recession flags up. Uh, currently, the first one is up. The unemployment rate got to uh, four percent, uh, and then the two-year yield broke over fifty-six basis points. Uh, after that, the uh, uh, what, what I look is I check that off as a recession red flag because we're no longer early in an economic expansion. The recovery happened so fast that this this also happened very uh, uh, fast with this recovery. Uh, number two and three, Fed raises interest rates. It's not the quarter point rate itself. It's just the progression of an economic expansion. Typically, the Fed raises rates. We eventually get in a recession. That's recession red flag. Number two, that'll happen this month in March. And then the inverted yield curve. And, you know, trying to convince people they need to be on an inverted yield curve watch is very uh, it hasn't worked out because a lot of people think the 10-year yield is just going to take off. The 10-year yield has not been able to break away from the two-year yield at all. In this uh, in this recovery, once the two year yield started to uh, factor in Fed rate hikes, this is the same premise I had at the end of 2017 for 2018, talking about we're going to have an inverted yield curve because I don't believe the 10 year yield could break out. It stays within a channel. You get an inversion this year, right? Uh, if that occurs, because the two year yield has gone so much, that is recession red flag three. The other ones, you know, leading economic index, multiple data line set. Uh, uh, it had a softer print this last month. Once you get four to six months of decline in that, that's a recession red flag raise. Housing typically fades into every single recession. That hasn't happened, so that's good. And then the the big one is where do, where is the overinvestment in the U.S. economy? Where where is it where we're going to have eventually a demand hit where their supply is too much and people have to fire people because they don't need that much labor? Uh, they have to protect their profit margins. Uh, um, that that's you know retail sales has been booming, durable goods. You know we're, there's going to be a lot of investments made by companies. We'll see how dem demand stays firm. But again, we're dealing with a lot of different variables here. Uh, the recovery, a lot of household. Uh, homeowners just look so much better on paper than they ever have because of all the refinancing. Those charts I did put in the, to the article so people can see. Cash flow is very good. Uh, there's no exotic loan debt structure. So there's a lot of different things with each, every uh, economic expansion and, and recession cycles. My job is to basically show you a pathway and try to deal with the new variables, such as a Russian invasion and still dealing with some of the aftervacts of COVID-19. Absolutely. And even, you know, talking about an economic recession. So first of all, not all those flags are even close to being raised, but even if they were, what does that mean for housing? What does it mean if I am a mortgage professional, a real estate professional? What does it mean for housing right now with the demand? It means the rates, are, rates are going down and you could probably refinance a lot of your clients that just bought homes. So, uh, um, you know, that's the thing about the U.S. economy. When when things get weaker, rates go down. That's, in a sense, a benefit for the housing market. Because we didn't have a credit boom, we didn't have any exotic loan debt structures. And, and, and to me, the fundamental problem why the housing crash fanatics of this country uh, were wrong for a decade is that they don't read and they don't have any credit profile background. So naturally, they, they keep on running off of a playbook that doesn't exist. Um, these guys, these, I mean, the RT Russian trolling network is shut off, but the, all of these people would have been great Russian trolls. Uh, uh, in their next career. Uh, it was. It has been a travesty of a terrible decade call of housing going to collapse. No, credit looks great. And when rates go lower, 
the household looks better because people refinance their debt. Uh, what you always need to be aware of is late cycle lending uh, in housing. People that lose their jobs, that don't have any kind of uh, nested equity, uh, that is the stress in the housing market that people need to keep their eye on. But the notion that educated, positive cash flow American citizens with 40, 50, 60% equity were going to foreclose on their house and rent at higher price. This is, this is a, a, a madman's theory. It's not an educated American theory. So uh, part of my job has been to crucify the housing crash addicts as a, as a very untalented group of American professional grifters. And hopefully you can understand the passion I have in doing this the last few years, and especially with COVID-19, the recession, the recovery model. And now we're dealing with the exact opposite. We're dealing with housing price inflation going overheated, rent inflation taken up. And uh, mother demographics always wins and always have, always listen to people that have some type of credit profile background to explain why people aren't foreclosing on their homes, why the forbearance crash bros failed so badly. Uh, these are not economic and data people. These are really effective professional grifters. And marketers. Yeah, your your passion is evident as always, and we love that. So you said that you were getting, you know, you'd had more, uh, you know, people reach out this morning than ever. What are people worried about? What are people asking you about? Um, and who, there, and there's, there's, a, there's a fear that, you know, war, nuclear war, things change, right? Naturally, right? You, uh, uh, when, when you put the nuclear word into the equation, uh, people get uh, worried. When you see oil prices and wheat prices, and might I add, China is not loving this because they need oil and wheat a lot more than we do. Um, you know, it's there, there's a lot of headlines that are not normal with an economic expansion. And when they see stocks fall, bond yields fall, even with a good jobs report, the fear of the headline becomes, you know, what what encompasses the mindset of Americans. This is very similar to COVID nineteen. When COVID nineteen happened, what we all froze, literally as a country, and uh, we necessarily didn't need to, but we froze naturally. That's what happens. Fear uh, uh, overtakes uh, the decision making, and after six weeks, of course, everyone went back to normal. So there's a lot of factors right now today that are just not traditional in terms of what an economic expansion is just because of the Russian invasion and the inflation data really escalating and what does it mean and the inverted yield curve. Now, a lot of people are talking about this. Again, my job is to always show you the pathway because people have got it. I don't care about professional grifting or anything. I'm retired. I don't need to do any of this. My job is to just show you how do we get from an expansion to a recession to an expansion to the recession. And then I'm going to die and I will take all the American bears with me to the grave. Oh, yes. Yes. I love it. Um, well, Logan, what are we looking forward to this week? What are you going to be watching? Well, I mean, really, it's everything is headline driven uh, uh, in terms of what's going to happen with the invasion and where the 10 year yield is going. Again, if the if the if the news gets better Bond yields should increase, right? Uh, they were holding firm. Uh, the next stage of this discussion will be, does economic data start to fade here? I mean, we, we are not a fast-growing economy. We're just coming off of a very strong recovery off of COVID. So eventually, economic data will actually slow down. Uh, uh, and where where the ten year yield go? But really, really, we're all we're all watching the same thing. We want this invasion stopped. We we want uh, uh, stability, and then we could just work off of normal things. 
because it is a horrific tragedy what's happened to the people of Ukraine. Yeah, I agree. And uh, so so thankful for you to come on and kind of tell us what you see big picture. I know people are, are flagging you because they're they're worried about these very specific things and also how those. Things- yes. And I just I, and there's one, one one final thing. There's a lot of people that are trying to push this dollar is going to lose its reserve currency. Let me explain to you. These are fanatics, right? These are fanatical gold bugs, anti-central bank people who have been trolling the United States of America off of this false premise that Russia or all these countries are going to create a currency that's going to override the U.S. We are the only economic superpower in this world, and we're going to flex our demographic muscle and king dollar over everyone, and we will make sure every one of these American bearish people uh, is not forgotten for their horrific takes the last few days trying to scare people that we're going to lose our uh, currency. These are All of these people should have gone to work with the RT Russian trolling network. That's where they belong. They don't belong here, if you ask me. Love your passion on this and, and love your conviction on this as well. There, I mean, we see it in the headlines. We see it in what people are responding to, that there is a lot of fear about the dollar when it seems like that's exactly the opposite of what people should be. Exact opposite happened. Everyone ran to the dollar. Why? Because all American bears have failed since 1790. It's just there's a different kind of... <laughs> fanatical cult each decade. Well, we appreciate that. We will be checking in with you often. We appreciate you uh, and your insights for our Housing Wire readers and people who want to know more about it. They need to go and read your stuff. All of your uh, material is available if to people who are HW Plus members. And that is our membership program that really gives premium content. And we consider your uh, content part of that, a very important part of that premium program. And the Jobs Report article has lots of charts. I mean, lots it of them. It does. So, there there yeah, are a lot of lots, charts. Yeah, there's a lot of charts, and they kind of should, they, they they should be able to you know numbers, you know, to me are the closest thing to the handwriting of God, and they tell you the truth because people lie all the time. Well, and I appreciated that you know one one of the things you're trying to do with those articles is you put in a lot of charts, but you put explanation of those charts. So not everyone is versed in charts as you are, let's say. And so um, I'm glad that you break it down for for our audience. Yeah. My pleasure. Trust me, my pleasure. Okay. Well, thank you so much. We will uh, check in with you soon. Thank you. Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwire.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.